Welcome to the Seahawkers Podcast, your Seattle Seahawks podcast by 12s for 12s, with your hosts, Adam Emmert. Pete Persco is closer to an inquirer reporter than an actual reporter. And Brandon Schultz. If you're a fan of another team, you should change your allegiance. The power of the 12s is stronger than it's ever been. Go Hawks! This is the Seahawkers Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and across the table from me, my good buddy, Adam Emmer. How's it going, Adam? A little road weary, but uh, but here. We're here. Yeah. We're both here. Made it. I, I'm a little road weary, too. I made it back from the trip out to the Richard Sherman softball game. Yep. yep. Good times. Yeah. We enjoyed that last year. I took that in again this year. Heard uh, heard Russell went yard. Russell was the home run derby champion. Okay, and uh, and then I think he, I think he stuck around for the first little bit and then bailed because he had a his uh, soft or his passing academy that same day. Oh, so he was he was double dipping with all the, the so. Busy charity guy. work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, Sherman led off the game with a with a deep shot. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, good for him. So that was a good way to start it for him. And then, yeah. But then his team ended up losing. So, yeah. Thanks to, thanks to Beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beast mode came through, huh? He came through at the end. Of course he did. Yeah. See, that's what you do at the end of the game. You give it to Beast mode. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's, how, you, you, that's how you win the game. There may have been a, a, yeah, a connection there. Yeah, it may. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it didn't take you long to pull it. Uh, no, no. It seems it seems just self evident. Obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a few Seahawks to talk about. Uh, a topics. Few Seahawks topics to yeah. talk about. Yeah. And uh, one of those it, is a, a few, but meaning like one to two. <laughs> exactly. Is Russell Wilson spending so much time in charity work that he seemingly still hasn't gotten his contract negotiated yet? Uh, Obviously, spending way too much time doing yeah. charity work. That yeah. He should be in that room, negotiating room. You know, everybody wants to blame Mark Rogers for this contract taking so blame long. The but blame the kids. Blame it's the, the kids. kids' fault. I'm mad at them. Them and their selfish need to, you know, feel good about themselves and learn about football. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they need life lessons wow. from adults? That, talk about some some people who need to do better. It's all those kids right. that signed up for the passing they're just, academy. They're just so self-centered and selfish. Taking, taking all that time away from, from Russell, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Trying to get paid. Yeah. just Yeah. He needs his money, kids. Come on. <laughs> Think about the rest of us, kids. Exactly. No, just, yeah, exactly. All of us who, you know, matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out, Adam, there is a deadline coming up, and I want to talk about that. Uh, Mark Rogers, Russell Wilson's agent, uh, threw out a deadline there that that said when a deal had to get done. Because, as he said a while back, there were no deadlines. Well, now there's a deadline, and we can get into that. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into some—I want to bring—we had Nate Boyer come on the show mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. Talk to Nate. Yeah. And uh, for anybody Pretty who, chill guy, man. He's a very cool guy. Yeah. Uh, laid back. And just—he had some things that, in case you missed him, if you listened to it— and uh, there's a couple things that I want to reset. If if you if you haven't listened to it, I, I want to just I, give I just, you a couple nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, and then it's it's been award show season, Adam. I don't oh, know. Thank if you've God. Seen that? But, uh, uh, no, no, I I have not seen that. That's really the only other thing going on. Wonderful. So yeah. Could, yeah. I guess we could. Yeah. You know. That. So we're doing this weekly this year, obviously through the summer. Um, 
I think the listeners and us, we're going to need to have a little chat about how July is going to go next year. Yeah. July is, I think July is an off well, month. Well, and let's, let's be, let's be clear. If there's even a next year, because Brandon drops a bombshell on me. Oh, Move, yeah. moving away. I am, I'm moving. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about kidnapping his wife and children to make sure that doesn't happen. Cause uh, I mean, I'm not moving that far away. Well, two hours. I can't drive two hours to do the pod. Can you? Well, we could each drive an hour and meet in Polson meet once in a week. <laughs> once a week. Yeah, yeah. That could get a little more expensive. Yeah. Well, do we have any listeners in Polson that'll host us in, uh, and set up their own studio? Hard telling, not knowing. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, so um, I don't know what we're we'll gonna do. That. We'll work through that. Let, let's worry. All right, about- no, but here's the thing: we, <laughs> we 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 actually do have a plan. It's gonna be fine. The show will go on. It will. Uh, we just may have to do a little more of an electronic correspondence to make it work. But uh, it might even be better this way. I'm just saying. Hey, anytime you don't have to look at my face while doing this, I bet you it'll be better. <laughs> I bet you it'll be better. Look, I'll just be able to. Rather than even you know getting out of the house and coming over here, I could just pick up the phone and we can dial in and. Yeah, we might be able to do that. Man, the- that might save a lot of time in the end. Right? Yeah. We yeah. might be able to do it right after a game even. No. <laughs> Cuz I'm going to I'm going to be drinking beer, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sundays are Sunday is my day to enjoy the game in football. <laughs> and, and it's not to podcast. No. No. Okay. No. Well, you know, I need a day or two to digest it too so I can come at you all with like, you know, insights and analysis. I'm just saying, there's people that would just love to to hear like well, the recap right after it happens. The, there's just people because they're probably watching the game, going, "I wonder what Adam thought about that play," and they'll get to hear it later in the week. <laughs> Is it, but there's there's also people, namely me, and that's the only person I care about clearly that wants to just enjoy my Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love me some me. Yeah. <laughs> I that's that's been obvious. Yeah, me and Tio, you and Tio. Yeah, love you some you. Yeah. Later on this afternoon, I think we're both going to do some sit ups out in the driveway. It's going to be a good time. You know, speaking of guys with uh, a two letter name, mm-hmm. TD, TD, going to have him on the show today. Yeah, we're going to talk some Russell Wilson with TD. He's he's our new social media quarter, correspondent. Social media slash Ciara slash Russell Wilson relationship. Kind of yeah, unofficial official correspondent. Yeah, kind of our TMZ reporter per se i think so for I, for this sort of thing i think he's a good person to have for that oh absolutely yeah so, he's a far bigger expert than i am we'll have him on coming up mm-hmm. and then we'll get into do better and better life and uh, yeah. probably some email too we we do have a, little a bit lot of, email. of yep. uh, uh mailbag to get through yeah so uh, but i'm glad we were able to sit down today because uh i, I don't I, know when else is i have happen. like a day and a half and then i'm back on the road again to arizona so geez louise yeah and i was out all uh last week well not all last week but a few days yep. from work last week yep gotta make that up this week yep exactly and, uh, so, so i'm gonna be pretty much just working in the office uh for the rest of this week to make up time from last week oh well sorry about your luck yeah uh, that's terrible well, when you throw together impromptu house hunting trips right because your house sells in less than 12 hours right right it uh it it makes for an interesting week. Exactly. I don't know how that listing still got up on the MLS. I tried to take it down, but <laughs> it didn't seem to work. Not, well, obviously, you weren't fast enough. No, yes. no, no. But hey, man, congrats to you guys. So, Thanks. but you know, Seahawks topics a couple. We'll, we'll Let's start off with Russell Wilson and, and the idea that now there is a deadline okay, for let, the Russell Wilson contract. Let, let me ask you about this deadline. Though. Okay. What does this really mean? I mean, so somebody says, oh, there's a deadline. But there is there anything that really backs it? Well, is there anything an that says that's my whole point? It's arbitrary. So sure, agent can come out and say, "Nope, this is a deadline, then we're not going to talk about it again." So you're telling me that if John Schneider calls you week two of the regular season with a honeypot offer, mm-hmm. 
and is like, yeah, okay, we're ready to go here. Mark Harris is going to be, nope, not talking about it. We won't accept that until after the season now. B.S. I think it is too, but at least it is some sort of a deadline. It, it gives everybody a goal as to where they should shoot for to try and have something sure. done. Yeah. And I'm sure Kenneth Arthur of the field goals probably appreciates it too, because <laughs> you know, he put on that, uh, that mm-hmm. challenge to award himself to, to do a Russell Wilson article every day. And uh, so that's getting harder and harder. It's just doing an episode every week stuff. I feel Kenneth's pain trying to figure this having out. Having to post a blog every single day about Russell Wilson. Uh, that'd be difficult to do. It would be difficult difficult to yeah. do <laughs> yeah yeah so it, you can only update russell wilson's instagram posts uh so via blog every so often right and the thing is is i mean i want this resolved just so we don't have to freaking talk about this anymore As, i'm over could it. you imagine how this offseason would have gone if this if, if we hadn't had this to talk about we would have scaled back to a pot a month. Exactly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but so yes, yeah, so there's deadline, and then I see the headline today. It's like talks will intensify over the next two to five days as you know the training camp comes up or whatever it is. You know, yeah. however many days till training camp, and uh, you know, there's, with the deadline, you know, everybody. Well, freaking duh! Like, what happens when a deadline gets thrown out there? Things get done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, it, again, it's like, you know, all right, thanks for the article, Captain Obvious. Like, th- this is great. This is great. Well, I think the important thing is that there is a deadline, even even if it is arbitrary. Yeah. So something can get done. And training camp's coming up, so it was kind of an obvious deadline anyway. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, who didn't who didn't understand that anyways? Like, I But mean, we saw last year that contracts got done in advance, but nothing... We uh, saw last year that KJ signed, like, what? What was that? Like, week 12? And they they extended KJ and then uh, who else did they extend late in the late in the year? Uh, it was KJ and uh, Cliff Averill. Right. This these things can happen at any time. Sure. Yeah. So and really, we haven't seen a player of this high profile redoing a or renegotiating a contract since Walter Jones. Right. Right. When right. He was going through his being franchised every single offseason mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. he finally got his long term deal. Sure. Well, and that it, was the last time. Speaking of left tackles and redoing their contracts, uh, Russell Okun comes out and That's says right. next year he's going to represent himself. He will. Good for him. I think so too. Well, the stupid middleman. I can't, I'm honestly, I don't like agents. Yeah. The more that I, I, I hear about agents, their behavior, what it is that they do for a living and all that, they're basically used car salesmen at best. And I just, I don't like them because basically they're the drama guys. That's who they are. They are drama guys. They just stir up drama to try to make their client more money one way or another, rather than just the client and the GM sitting down and being like, what do you think? I don't know. Maybe a little more. Okay. I can do half that. Cool. Half that sounds about right. Cool. Shake hands, sign on the dotted line. Everybody's done. Nope. Agents get involved. Egos get hurt. The things happen. Stories get leaked. It's just stupid. Agents are a pain in the butt. I can see some value in it, though. If if you are, I'm sure over the years, agents have shown that people that are represented by particular agents end up making uh, who they represent more money than they would have otherwise. And so there, you can can look at it that way, and and you can see why, if you want to make more money, it would be important to have an agent. And I can also see why... If you're a player and going into a negotiation, uh, they're going to tell you why they feel that you're not worth as much. And I can see how feelings could get hurt in that sort of situation because they're saying these, uh, okay, look at, uh, you know, if you're a, a left tackle like Russell Okun, 
you, you're telling him why he doesn't deserve to be the top player because there's all these other guys yeah. who are better than him. And sure. if you can't handle that, if, if you're That's not good I'm at saying. taking in that kind of information and, and, and being able to rebut why, why you do think you're as good or, or mm-hmm. you know, deserve to be in that you know, pay tier, sure. then it is good to have somebody that can shield you from that information. I don't know that it's that hard to sit down and be like, Expect, I mean, because you're not a dumb person. I mean, yeah. if, if by the time you make the NFL, you're generally a pretty smart guy. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, obviously, defensive tackles. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, me, Bane. Don't kill me. Uh, but basically, you know, you got to be a, a fairly intelligent human being to make it to the NFL. Yeah. And honestly, you got to know when you're sitting down at the negotiating table, they're going to offer you less than what you want. Like, I mean, it's not it's not rocket surgery. Like, yeah. it really isn't. And I, I just, you said, well, it's proven, you know, that I'm sure the agents could prove that you get more money if you're represented by an agent. And that's probably true. But is that winning? It, it make just, just purely making a little more money than you would have without the agent? Is that, is that the definition of that situation going better? See, to me, having to go through all that consternation that the stinking agent puts you through and puts the team through and all that, not having those issues. Think about all the talk, all the talk around what Russell Wilson, right through the media, because of all this. If all those distractions went away for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. just by him cutting out the agent and sitting down and talking one on one with John Schneider, oh, then you know you make say say he makes three million less over the entire length of the contract, worth every penny. See, money isn't money isn't the end all be all of of what success is in a negotiation like it, sure more money is nice but also less distractions would be great too and I, for me the value of not having all that other circus around you is more than the money i don't know the value of of uh if i could have another three million dollars but I have hate- my name in the news uh and have to deal with that i don't know <laughs> well when you're already making 25 yeah you know what i'm getting at yeah i could i can see it but I can I mean, also see why guys. There's probably guys that enjoy having their name out there too, and they'll hell. I could retire with that. I could retire on four hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah. Now at the age of thirty six, I could get that done. I mean, just about anybody could if they live their life a certain way. Right. Exactly. It's not that difficult, and you're still comfortable. Like so, the idea that you just have to have that extra three million dollars just to you know, and, and have to go through all the media hoopla. Screw that noise. I would much rather, and maybe that's just me. I'd much rather be out of that arena in that kind of drama. That's one thing over the last three years I've tried really is to cut all the drama out of my life. People who are dramatic situations that are dramatic all that you are gone i'm cutting you out of my life because it's not worth it it's not worth it and so to me it wouldn't be worth it i think for professional athletes some of these folks look at it and they say they want to be paid a certain amount because they equate it to respect and and so they don't necessarily sure. care about that when you start getting paid that much money it's all kind of monopoly money that's anyway, my right? point yeah so when you start looking at it then you want to be respected whether it's in the media and you know russell wilson having doubters saying that he's not a top five quarterback what the article that just came out mike sando's article that just came out today that that ranked him into tiers of quarterbacks oh, yeah. and russell wilson was in the second tier at like number eight sure and uh and andrew luck of course in the first tier which fine you know, that's, I think we're kind of used to seeing that at this yeah, point. I don't but care. You kind of have to, if you can be the first one to get that big contract, and if, if Russell Wilson is all of a sudden making more than Aaron Rodgers, and it's kind of, maybe people don't I'm, necessarily What planet does that, that matter? 
It matters to the it, why it matters to the player. Why? Well, how in the world does that matter in life on any level? I don't understand it. Like, like a, it literally like a spiritual level or on, uh, yeah. I'm just like you're trying to evaluate yourself as a football player and a person based on numbers and who's making what in different situations on a respect what a, level. What, how is that respect? Respect is shaking somebody's hand, looking in the eye and be like, man, you're a hell of a player. I think you might be the best quarterback in the league or like, you know, if him and Aaron Rodgers have a, a beer together and they're like, man, I freaking awesome, dude. And the other guy looks in and says, you're awesome, dude. That's respect. Just because your contract is is worth a couple million more a year, you got more quote unquote respect. How does that how does that equal respect? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a total disconnect to me. Always has been. Well, I think you'd have to get in the mind of an NFL player and ask him then. I I guess. I mean, I I just I don't know. I maybe I'm just one of those people that's just clearly not super money motivated. So it just will never ring true to me yeah. I, I just I, I find it to be a, a weird exercise in self-worth like well, self-worth to like be like oh I'm only I'm only awesome if my contract's more than the other guy here's another way to look at it when you're um, a person who's making millions of dollars for mm-hmm. an owner who's worth billions of dollars yeah you you have to say to yourself okay, what's my fair share versus the amount that I'm making my employer? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why people always say, oh, what they make, they're not worth that much. Well, you're worth whatever you can get, you know, as long as the check doesn't bounce. You're you're worth whatever the market bears. Whatever the market bears. And so if your employer values you to a particular level mm-hmm. because they know that they can you're they, they can look at that number that that paycheck that they cut you every week and they say I'm getting I'm getting my money's worth here. Yeah. And so I I think that plays a part in it too where uh, but here's the thing when it comes to that the you you talk about uh the owner making billions and then the player how much is my fair share. Okay. That's not negotiated in these contract in these contract negotiations. That's negotiated every time the players' union in the NFL sits down to redo the collective bargaining agreement with the salary cap numbers and how contracts will be structured. That because there's only so much that the player can get as far as their percentage of what the owner's making. That's that's where that's set. I mean, because there's a salary cap. So there's only so much teams are going to be able to pay even their best players. So it, the idea that the amount, uh, the percentage that the owner is making compared to the player, the, the player, he can only go up to a certain level. Let's say the max is 12% of what the team brings in. That That's the maximum he can go to. He'll never be able to negotiate past that point. So, I mean, that's that that set, that point's already set. Well, there's no maximum as far as the percentage of player yeah, under the a, cap can make. Yeah, absolutely. There's a compared to what the team's bringing in. Well, if the if, because because they can only pay one player so much before you can't field the rest of a team. Well, that's a pretty high number, though. I mean, you could you could say that because uh, look at the argument people make is they say that no team has ever won a Super Bowl paying a quarterback over a certain percentage of the overall team salary. Well, if you want to pay your quarterback twenty percent of the overall team salary, you can do it. It's not smart, but you can do it. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's like your household budget. If you spend, you know, eighty percent of it on uh, toilet paper, like I mean, you're gonna go real hungry for the rest, you know, until you're until the next time you go to the grocery store, you know, like of course it's stupid. Like, so it's just you can do it, sure, 
but it's beyond absurdity. Like you're just not going to because you couldn't even field a, a team for for the most part. You know. I guess the point is is that the Seahawks could make Russell Wilson the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and be able to afford it, and that would be Mark Rogers' argument is that they can still afford it. They can still have the team that they need to go out there and compete for a Super Bowl. Well, he may think that. He's not the general manager, though, looking at the actual numbers either. Right. And Mark Rogers, let us not forget, is a baseball guy. He doesn't... I'm still pretty certain that he doesn't understand the NFL salary cap nearly as well as maybe he does the baseball market, which is an uncapped market. I I don't buy that argument. I I think he's a pretty smart guy. I'm not saying he's dumb. And he's... And he's able to. He's just. I think like there's a lot agent. of nuances. That I know. I know he knows more about it than I do. I, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, there's a lot of nuances with the collective bargaining agreement in the cap and how all that works. I mean, we talk about guys uh, that the Seahawks may pick up, and they want to pick them up after a certain date that were released from a team, so you still get a compensatory pick, but it doesn't count against the cap. Blah 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 blah. I mean, you start thinking about all those little nuances, and man, like getting up on all of that. That takes probably, what, 10 years of experience to really understand it well? And this is his first foray into the football world? I, I think it's, it's not his first. He's been in the football world before. I thought Russell Wilson was his only NFL player. He had NFL clients back before Before he was, uh, I think, I, he's, been, he's been a football agent before. I guess it's just the money thing at the end of the day that just really, it just, it just baffles me to a degree. It's like, how much is enough, man? How much is enough? I just when you see that each NFL team is getting what 227 million of 7.2 billion that came in to the NFL through TV deals everybody sure. wants their little piece of that Absolutely and how much of that So how I, much is that of that is enough Exactly I to me it, it wouldn't take that much Yeah it wouldn't take that much you know It's a hard argument to you see it when ticket sales come up too and we saw tickets just go on sale mm mm-hmm. And the tiered pricing thing, the, the tiered pricing thing. Like, there are a lot of people upset because the good uh, games are more expensive. Well, the good games are more expensive, but also when tickets first went on sale, they have some kind of Ticketmaster must have some kind of algorithm now mm. to where if a bunch of people are hitting their system and trying to get tickets all at once, they price the tickets accordingly. So people are going in and they were finding tickets, but it was like 220, 230. So upwards. they were getting bumped up like real time. They were getting bumped up real time, apparently, wow. and it, it was upwards of two hundred and fifty dollars a ticket if you wanted to buy them right then, because everybody was logging in and trying mm-hmm. to get tickets at the same time. Mm-hmm. And these were the seats that, if you stood in line uh, earlier yeah. this week, that you could get for sixty two dollars. Right. But if you're, you know, hammering the Ticketmaster system, right, because you live in Hong Kong or something, right? Yeah, and <laughs> and that's really the only way you can do it because you can't stand in line. Yeah. So. It's uh, trying to figure out the price because people say, well, I, I want to be able to afford to go to a football game, right? right. And, uh, but when there's all these other people that also want to be able to go to a football mm-hmm. game, it, it's upping the price for everybody. Well, it's supply and demand. Right. I mean, it's I, kind of that way for NFL players, too. There's a very short supply of NFL quarterbacks sure. that can win Super Bowls. Absolutely. And if Russell Wilson is really about the green at the end of the day, then sure, play out your year. And see what the market will offer you. If you're really about winning, and sure. you're really about being that complete team player and no distractions and, and just team first, sign sign a nice hefty contract. Sign it on the dotted line. It's been offered to you. Let's move on. I think it's going to happen. 
Do you? I'm, st- I'm still not convinced that that it's not going to happen by the start of the season. Because Mark Rogers says if it doesn't happen now, then we're not negotiating until free agency next year. Yeah, and the, maybe they'll franchise him. Maybe they'll you know, work it out before. You saw the deadline where all the franchise guys got their contracts. Justin Houston got his contract yeah. worked out. Des Bryant got his contract worked out. Yeah, you know there are all these guys that Demarius Thomas, right? They got them worked out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I think it'll happen. Okay. I, I'm pretty confident, but right. and I don't even think it'll. I'm just over. It'll it. take that long for Russell Wilson. I know, I, and I think that everybody kind of has that little bit of fatigue. Of Ugh. we've talked about it for so long, we've been waiting for it to happen for so long. Right? Why hasn't it happened yet? Right. Exactly. Okay. And it's not even my money, so I should stop worrying about it. Right. You should. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what do you say we... I want to go back and reset a couple things from this Nate Boyer interview, because yeah. uh, for those that hadn't checked it out, uh, there's there's a couple things that he said. And, and one thing that I thought was really interesting that, that he had to say, and I, again, I really appreciate him coming on. Um, and we got into that idea of people saying that he can't uh, you know that he won't make an NFL roster mm-hmm. because he's either too old or too small, and mm-hmm. and people said that same thing that he wouldn't get drafted or a team wouldn't pick him up coming out of college. But you know here he is on the Seahawks, and and just that idea of now um, after hearing all that, you know, how does that make him feel? I probably laugh it off more than anything because honestly, it's usually the people that haven't done a damn thing with their lives that are ones saying that stuff, or. You know, maybe they've done something, but it's not—it's—it's it's not something great. You know what I mean? Anything, anything great is usually very difficult. <laughs> uh, that's just—that's just how it is. You know, there's a lot of people out there that. Uh, I mean, I think everybody has a dream or, or, or something they wish they could do or wish they would have done, and I don't ever want to be that person. And that's kind of the thing that you hear among a lot of high-profile type athletes or anybody who makes it into the NFL. They've had them. People tell them their whole life that they can't that they can't do what they're doing. Or anybody that succeeded at anything on an amazing scale in life in general, you have to take risks. You have to be able to put yourself out there, and you have to be willing to work hard for it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's exactly what he's talking about. And of course, I mean, his is a story that you completely admire from that end of things. Is the idea that. He's willing to go out there, put himself on the line, work his tail off, and then let's see what happens. And, um, you know, when he says, you know, it's something great, I think he just means something hard, like mm-hmm. where you had to co- go outside of your comfort zone, I think maybe is is the biggest part of it is, sure, yeah, you, you, uh, you got that promotion at work. Good job. But that's something you've been working on for 15 years and you're totally comfortable with it. It was just finally time. And of course it makes sense and whatever, like congratulations. It's probably not something that somebody would look at quote unquote, that's a great thing, but going outside of your comfort zone and maybe saying, all right, I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to start my own consulting firm in that area and, you know, try to kill it and become successful at that. That's a whole nother leap right. to, to do something along those lines. And I you're think giving up being comfortable for something that's completely and unknown security. and taking a big risk. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So and a lot of people don't do that. Well, Hey, I mean, in a, in a small way, I mean, that's kind of how it was with the podcast too. Like, all right, we're going to risk like sounding like, you know, just nincompoops, nincompoops, perfect <laughs> word there and usage of it and put our, put our stuff out there and, and just see what all y'all think. Like there was, a, it's nothing like him, but yeah. there was a risk there, There's you a know? Risk. So, yeah, risk reward, you know. 
Well, the other important thing that I thought he said was, well, he got into the idea that he di- he does have a backup plan if it doesn't work out. And so mm-hmm. he has allowed himself to at least think of of if it doesn't work out, I, I still have lots of things. That, that doesn't I mean he do doesn't believe life. in himself. It just means he, he's smart enough to think of all the the things that might happen. Sure, and. Uh, and then we got to talking about just his work with Seattle Stand Down and 22 Kill, the organization that he's involved with. Mm-hmm. And I asked how other people could get involved with that. And I thought his response was really interesting. It, was, it wasn't so much get involved with my organization. It was, it was find something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. and do that. If you want to really improve you know, a veteran's life uh, or a group of veterans' lives, you need to act. Every community at any any size town, you know, there's something that you can do. There's something you can do to help. And there's some organization and they always need volunteers and they always need help, you know, benefiting from your, your volunteer work or your service. You know, you want, you want to do something, you want to be involved with something that, uh, that you're moved by so that you can, you know, help reach them and actually make that connection. You know, if you're into sports, you know, I would definitely do something sports related. I mean, it's just that, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a million different opportunities out there. You just got to do some research, but I guarantee you'll find it. There's a lot of veterans out there that are doing some amazing things, and, uh, and every single one of us is capable of it. It's just a matter of making that decision uh, to want to improve your life and people's lives around you uh, or just let, you know, the life sort of... <laughs> dominate you and and that's uh, that's not the way i want to live and i don't think that's the way anybody really wants to live i like a lot of what nate had to say there and i think one of the things that he brings up um and this is a little outside of his point but i think is something that uh, is important is is he talks about all the different ways that people do find a way to get involved by like you just said you know following their passion and then being able to apply that and their time into helping somebody out money's great sure but what people really need, especially when they've been through some traumatic things, is people's time and compassion and their caring. That's, you can't you can't buy that. I mean, it's something that's that's you can't buy. And one of the things that drives me the most nuts about this country is you hear all the politicians, all of them. It doesn't matter what Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. It doesn't matter. All of them. Rah, rah, support the troops. Everybody's gung-ho. Put a sticker and a magnet on your car. Support the troops, support the troops, support the troops. They say it till they're blue in the face. They'll stand on an aircraft carrier and all that. And the second these guys go out there, put their life on the line, put their mental sanity on the line, put all that sacrifice on the line, and we put them through that meat grinder, they come back home, and they've, they're supposed to have all this care through the VA and through all these promises that, that were made, and half of them are barely kept. And the the idea that the second they're home and now that you're not, you know, an asset to us, well, now, now, now where's your support, the troops? Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about what he's saying is like, they, these veterans, when they come back, they need our time. They need our support. They need our caring. They don't need, they don't necessarily need your dollar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, I thought that was a really good point by him. So definitely a, a huge thanks to Nate Boyer for coming on the show and uh, and you know helping to spread that message a little bit. He he knows a lot of military folks listen to this show, mm-hmm. and I think it was important to him to to you know, reach out to them and and you know kind of uh, talk a little bit about what's important to him and also yeah talk about uh, where he's at and his his quest to become pretty cool uh, on the opening day roster for the Seahawks. Pretty cool, yeah, for sure.
Well, what do you say we go to uh, from really, really important to things to maybe not so important things? That sounds like right up my alley. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, uh, swing the pendulum the other way and, okay. and talk a little bit of uh, relationship news. Yes. Uh, because, yes. Well, Social know, media relationship news. Yes, exactly. Well, one big news, uh, big piece of news is that Jermaine Curse got married. I saw that over oh, the Oh, Mrs. Recently. Chop Chop now, yeah, huh? So Okay. Uh, th- He's one got, thing that this, this off season's been good for it's you know Earl getting engaged mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know Kim Pierre Lewis mm-hmm. you know adopting a, a kitty mm-hmm. yeah exactly all the <laughs> important things all these new yeah all these new and happening relationship things exactly and of course there's the Russell Wilson and Ciara relationship right and uh, I I think we need to get our our unofficial TV. official uh, Ciara Russell Wilson relationship correspondent on the phone to talk about it. All right, yeah, so uh, we're going to UTD, our, our official Russell Wilson Ciara correspondent, because I think we need one of those. So uh, I know you, you saw some pictures uh, on, on the web that Russell Wilson tweeted out with some, some curious tags on them uh, as far as captions. Uh, what did you think about that? Well, I mean, I, I, I came across him, and this wasn't the first time I thought, like, hey, Russell might need to slow it down some with the amount of Ciara love that he's showing, you know? And uh, by the way, how's it going, guys? Glad to be on once again. But yeah, this will be really quick. It was, you know, I told, thought Russell was going a little bit too, uh, too, too, too on the nose, a little bit too serious. So his uh, post from last night's ESPYS, one of them had him in Sierra, and the caption is just the one. Uh-huh. Period, and that's it. And that's pretty straightforward. You know, that's pretty on the nose, pretty straightforward. The other one was love ballad. And again, it's just kind of like, hey, Russell, slow it down some, you know, don't get caught up too soon. I know she's hot. I know she's Sierra. I know, I know all that. And then to make matters worse, I check her profile because it all depends. If they're both crazy in love, then I, sure, whatever. But then I check Sierra's profile and her post, she only has one post from last night of her and Russell. And the post reads, Sweetest thing I've ever known. That's nice. No question. You know, I would love to have Sierra say, you know, I'm the sweetest thing she's ever known. But let's be honest. We're we're guys here. If you're showering love and praises and calling a girl the one, and what she responds to you is with the word sweet, as a guy that's not, you know, you you don't really like to be known as sweet, you know? No, that's a good point. You're in dangerous territory, I think, when you're when you're getting the sweet tag, and it's like it's like being the first one to say "I love you." You know, you don't you, you don't want to throw that out there and have her go, "Oh yeah, yeah, thanks." Yeah, oh that's so sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, like you know, even if she says, "Oh, I love you back," if she says, "Oh, that's so sweet," first, that's a problem. Right. You know, so it's not a matter of being sweet. Sweet implies politeness and kindness. Those are all good traits. I get it. But again, Russell's my boy, and obviously he's a quarterback of the Seahawks. So this is important. Like we got to make sure his mind's right come come uh, come top of the regular season. <laughs> and this really just stood out to me. And like a couple of weeks ago, he had a post of CR, and it was his woman crush Wednesday. It was totally fine, except I had a problem with it because it was a Google photo of Sierra. It was like of her, like one of her album covers or, right. you know, photo shoots. And it was like, come on, Russell, like, this is your girlfriend. If you're going to do a WCW for your girlfriend, you should have photos of your own, you know, like personal photos, photos of her, just photos of her across the table at lunch or dinner or something. 
right? Not a Google image. It just, it just really came off as kind of like fanboyish in a sense. And again, he might just be head, head over heels, and she she might completely feel the exact same way. I hope so. Um, but she's clearly on the other side of things. She's clearly like holding it back a lot more than Russell seems to be able to. Um, and then you get into the whole like news lately now, and and you know I'm, I take my Russell Wilson Sierra correspondent very seriously. I do my research, and you know feature the artist of Sierra dated, and he's and they have a kid. And he's mad that Ciara is bringing Russell around to, to his future's kid. And he's saying, like, hey, don't bring that publicity stuff around me. Don't bring that publicity stuff around my son. Like, I don't want that. Don't play with my son. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just kind of strange. It's like, you know, Ciara has a pastor who she dated. She's dated some pretty known guys, 50 Cent and Mari Stoudemire, and obviously has a kid in the future. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of it's interesting. Um, but, I mean... Well, the thing that preacher brings up about publicity, I want to ask you, Brandon. Like, do you think this relationship is more publicity than it is genuine? Well, that's the thing that I I kind of am a little bit worried about because, like, as you're talking about TD, there there is no training camp for, or there is no mini camp for relationships, especially when it comes to celebrities, and it, it kind of feels like Russell Wilson maybe needs that a little bit. And and the worst thing I think you can deal with is a celebrity breakup, and you know, not I I just imagine that having that just in the spotlight, and that's not something that we want. Uh, especially during once the season comes around, you know, just me being a you know more concerned a Seahawks fan, uh, we we don't want to see that, right? Yeah, no, I no, I I totally understand, I totally feel you, um, but I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, um, we'll see how it all plays about, out I'm... about it being genuine. Uh, like you say, it does kind of feel it feels more genuine on his end, but uh, I yeah, don't know. Don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm I a little bit worried because those, my, uh, Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. You know, they they're out there together, so you know they're they're putting it on yeah. for everybody. Yeah, my concern really is is if he's really into her as much as it seems, and that doesn't you know go well. Like, how's that going to affect his play? You know, like the guys, like this is real stuff. I don't Russell's as focused as they come, but <laughs> tell you what, man, martyrs of the heart. You know, like that might be tough to deal with. Coming like in week four, week five, and. They break up, and you know he's still trying to call her back and all that stuff. That's that's tricky, man. That could be a couple of hours where she had to be in the playbook, and it's not. So I mean, again, I hope it all. First of all, I hope it all turns out great. I hope this is as perfect as they wanted to be. I'm just have been a little bit worried. I've just been a little bit worried with the you know the Instagram behavior I've seen. Yeah. Um. Lately, for most of, but yeah, that's all I got, guys. Okay, that's all I got. Well, I, I'm glad we uh, we got that NTD, and uh, you being a social media aficionado, I, I think it is uh, important to have your perspective. So, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Well. I'm really glad that we had TD come down and break that down for me because I have not been following all of the Instagram love notes and everything. And t- look, Russell Wilson needs to listen to this and take TD in as his quote unquote hitch. I don't know if you remember that movie where yeah. like, uh, yeah, Will Smith was helping Kevin James out like in the lady department, like showing him how to run some game because clearly Russell is way more into this than Ciara and put himself out there way too much. He's screwing this up, man. He's screwing this up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta match her level. Like if she texts you like a two line text, you don't respond with two paragraphs, you know, about how much that you care about him. If she's like, Hey, boo, thinking about you. Cool. Hey, babe, 
thinking about you too. Boom, you match that up. You can't be going and being like, oh, this is the one on Instagram. And she comes back and she's like, oh, that's sweet. Dude, you're screwing that up. You're screwing he, it up. I think you're right. I think he needs a hitch in his corner he on does. his side. He does. That's, this is the important thing. I think we need to go back to our previous conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, he needs to be more like Russell Okun. Fire his agent. Yeah. And hire Hitch. Yeah. And and not just have like an agent to represent you. You need right. to have a person in your corner, like a wingman. You do. To to be that guy to just just talk you off a ledge here and there. Right. Like, you know, just be like, look, no, 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 don't text her back tonight. Yeah. Like that's bad. Just just wait till tomorrow. Right. You know, just because there's a little you can't be you can't be that eager, man. And now he's a young guy, and I understand this because when I got divorced, I did the same exact thing. I did this ex- same exact thing. So I understand what's gonna happen here. Man, this girl is going to break his little heart into a million pieces. And I hope to God it doesn't happen in week five or eight like TD suggested, man, because that could be bad. That could be bad for the Seahawks deal. Well, here's the other thing, Adam. I also think that there are just some guys who are disproportionately affectionate compared to their right. their lady that they're with. Right. And I that think can that's go both okay ways. Too. Yeah, it, it can. Yeah. So I think we might look at this and say that, oh, well, you know, Russell Wilson's you know, more of the, the puppy dog, you know, sympathetic type mm-hmm. uh, in in this particular relationship and, and not He's chasing hard. I'll tell you that much. And maybe that's OK. Maybe that's maybe maybe Sierra's just not. Maybe that turns in that same. Maybe way. that turns. See, here's the thing, though. What you got to understand at but the end of the okay. day, maybe Sierra says, oh, this guy's so so into it. Like, that's kind of boring. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe she really likes it. Maybe she loves all the attention. I hope so for his sake. Yeah. Cause it, it don't, it doesn't often work that way. I'll and just put it that way. I think that's the problem for us is we feel like we know Russell so much more and we really don't know Ciara. She's, she's kind of the, the one coming into this, yeah. the Seahawks to my world. into yeah. your world. Yeah. And you don't know her world. You don't really know her backstory, no. her other relationships, how they've gone. So now you have to, you have to project that unknown onto her. It's- and now that's causing problems with, with your, uh, with what's going on in your mind right now? And the other problem is this: this highlights how social media is ruining dating, <laughs> because now you have how did all I know these that ways. This would go to a conversation about, about the, no, social media. No, but this is the, but this is why because now you have all these public public avenues that you can do this where you can put out your little feelers like that, and it gets back to them, and, and then it's blowing up, and people are looking at it and analyzing it like like TD just did, and all that. It's bad for your deal, man. Just take Herm Edwards' advice from the rookie symposium a few years back. Don't press sand. Don't press sand. Don't press sand. Just don't do it, Russ. Just say, every time, just be like, should I? Nope. Just save as a draft and pretend like you sent it. Then you'll feel good because, like you said, what was on your heart, uh-huh. but it didn't get put out in the ether. That'd be better. That'd be better. I think that, yeah. Maybe you could be Russell Wilson's hitch. Well, I know that. I could teach him, you know, just like Hitch did, like how to dance, like, you know, because it's all just like a step to the left and then like a snap of the fingers, step to the right and a snap of the fingers. You know, you keep it right there uh-huh. in that small box. Apparently, he needs that sort of dance instruction, too, after his whip dance uh, uh, try at the Nickelodeon. I, I saw Sorry. on Twitter that uh, Will Blackman, uh, the new mm-hmm. uh, Seahawks quarterback yeah. coming back to Seattle, uh, he gave him a little bit of a hard time. He asked Russell, you know, just how long it took him to uh, rehearse that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 I I may have just made fun of him about it. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I didn't think so either. It's, it's ten times better than I could do. Sure. Yeah. But it does make you wonder how long he rehearsed it. You, well, I mean, what else? Him and CR aren't, you know, getting naked. So what else do they have to do? 
They probably sit and play, you know, what is what is that? Dance Dance Music Party or whatever it is on the on the Xbox or whatever. Sure. Dance yeah, Dance 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 Revolution. That's it. There it that is. That was a while ago. That's that still not a game? I, I I don't think it's one that, that people uh, play anymore. People play anymore, no. How about the Guitar Hero? No. no Nobody plays are, that anymore? People are over that, too. That's so 2013, That's I'm sure. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. All right, there you go. I still play Tech Mobile from 1991. So, yeah. like, that's my, yeah. That's my. That, that's game. your frame of reference mm-hmm. when it comes to video games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well. Maybe you need to get into some CFL, Adam. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's it. I wish I had time to. Well, last week you missed out on a great game. I know I did. Yeah. Because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. They battled the BC Lions. Oh. And I I assumed it was battling for our fandom. Right. Because those are the two teams that we've talked about. Well, I emailed both GMs and let them know that it was up for grab. It was well Yeah, it's up for grabs. Well, the the Rough Riders got out early and yeah. so clearly it seemed like they had the more passion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. uh BC Lions, they they came back in the fourth quarter. They did. And uh they tied it up, went into overtime. Made a late play Won for our hearts, huh? Made a late play for our hearts, uh, but uh, yeah. I had tuned out by then oh. because it was like seven to six through the first three quarters. I, right. I tuned Defensive into this. struggle, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think it was more offensive struggle than defensive struggle. <laughs> but uh, I see. my problem was that I tuned into this game thinking that CFL was like a high scoring and, and all the scoring happened throughout the game, mm. not just in one quarter. Sure. So by the fourth quarter, I was I had tuned out and I was playing uh, Arkham Knight. Uh, oh, there's see, there's a new, uh, more oh, recent yeah? game than yeah, than Guitar Hero. It, like, do you run around at night? Like, what? That's ba- it's a Batman game. You get to oh. drive the Batmobile, Adam, in Arkham Knight. Well, I mean, you get to control the controller. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you, you're, it's, it's like riding in the Batmobile. Yeah. Well, I suppose if you have a big TV and surround and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I could see how that might be. It's fun. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> you're missing out. Hey, look, the, the new video games just too many buttons. Like, I don't. Ha- I shouldn't have to use my toes to play. Like, it, you know, there are a lot of buttons. Yeah, it's it's much more different than the the NES controller with the A and B. Yeah, A B select start. You get exactly, exactly <laughs> up, up, down, down. But uh, yeah, where where were we there just for a well, second? We were talking about the CFL. Yeah, the and... CFL. So I mean, I don't know that you can make a determination if all games are like that just based off one, right? I, they may be high-scoring, high-flying events. I was looking at some of the other scores, and and this ended up being uh, scoring like I, I think they sco- somebody scored in the 30s in this game. Mm. I like I said, I had tuned out by the end of it. Gotcha. I was looking at other matchups when it was seven to six. Going, is this normal, mm-hmm. or or do teams usually score like I think they? Are? Like, yeah, but that's not that far from the NFL average, though. Really, no, I no. mean, what Arena like League 17? was where they really scored a lot of points. Oh but. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but I think they do at CFL. I think they tend to score a lot of points. Gotcha. One of the things, though, I and and so the BC Lions came out on top. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the team that you're going to accept now. I don't know yet as your team. I don't know but yet. I I was looking at the roster, Adam, and I was a little bit concerned for you. Okay. Because I think they have like three Montana State players on their roster on BC on the BC Lions team. Well, they did this to themselves, so uh, there's no way I can be a BC fan at this point. One thing I—that's way too many bobcats in one way place. Way too many. Yeah, yeah. No grizzlies. Only only bobcats. Done. See you later. <laughs> yeah. I, I looked around the other roster. I didn't see a whole lot of grizzlies on any of these teams. No, because they make it to the NFL instead. <laughs> right. Rather than the CFL. Unless they're Dave Dickinson. There's not many. Well, I know, but I'm just saying there's not many bobcats in the NFL. That's a good point. Yeah, and there's a fair point. amount of grizz for the size of school. Right. Yeah. 
that's just all you need to know right there. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yeah. One's good, one are kitties. Like, you can't have them. So I, I guess I'm not settled yet, Adam, but the one, mm-hmm. the one thing I realized is looking at the team names is that I am definitely going to pick a team out of the West because the team names mm-hmm. out of the Eastern part of Canada... Are we talking CFL team names on the Seahawks podcast today? I, I think we're about to, Adam. I think we're about okay. to talk CFL okay, we team can do, names. Okay, we can do a truncated version of this, I think, right? I, I think so. Okay. Uh, well, the first one that I'm really concerned about mm-hmm. uh, is the, the team out of Ottawa, mm-hmm. the Ottawa Red Blacks. Wow. Sounds racist, right? Uh, you think? Like, Yeah. Like, worse than... Than our Washington. Than the Washington team. team? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Dan, I. You know what Dan Snyder needs to do uh, of the of the Washington team is just be like, hey, look over there. They're <laughs> yeah. the Red Blacks. That's that's way worse. Than that's that. all he needs to do, and like he'd have another five years of uh, controversy free. He like, would. Yeah. He would. Um. I, I thought Dave suggested a good a good name um to replace it with the Dudley Do Rights. Which uh, it's oh you know, yeah like a Canadian Mountie cartoon oh okay um, for yeah. for those who don't no recognize I, the reference no I'm not uh, I'm not big on Canadian uh, animation like, so here's so. the other uh, the other team name Montreal Alouettes mm-hmm. I had no idea what an Alouette was I, does anybody that's not French Alouette Alouette it's a small ground dwelling songbird that is that that's sounds not like, terrifying sounds like the type of bird that a Seahawk would eat. Yeah, for breakfast right yeah definitely so alouettes are out yeah they need a better name uh toronto argonauts it's like a mini owl yeah yeah it's it's what the alouette yeah it's smaller than an owl well yeah but just the name itself owlette oh like, you know mini mini owl yeah keep up i think you lost everybody on that one no <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah like it's smurf and then smurfette sure you know like yeah she's the female smurf right there you go and that's it's the female aloe. There it is. Yeah. There's the joke. Whatever. I don't know. It makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> if you if you think about it really, really hard. Whatever, man. Also, if you think about it hard, I, I Argonauts from Toronto. That's actually a pretty rad name. It's it's not a bad name. That's a pretty rad name. But they live on a like a big lake. It's, that's connected to the ocean. Yeah, but sailors don't you know, go up river. Into yes, a big that's lake. exactly what sailors do when they're hauling goods up and down. In fact, I met a dude that uh, on this last trip that his job is to go up and down the Columbia uh, from the ocean uh, all the way up to Lewiston, Idaho, and map the sandbars because they're always shifting around so the big container ships can get up the river. Yeah, but is he a sailor? Does he does he navigate a boat on the water? Does he sail places? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's being a sailor. I don't know. I think... The, the boat touches salt water. Uh, How can that not be a sailor? Okay, so the Argonauts get a pass. Okay. Uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Ooh, they, okay. They can't decide if they're a tiger or a cat. That's a problem yeah. to me. Yeah. That's a problem. You could just... Uh, that's redundant. You could just shorten that up. Pick the cats or pick the tigers. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you got to do. There you go. So... Maybe there is a marketing thing there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, not impressed with the team names, though. Dave no. Lundquist had a pretty good list. Yeah. And maybe uh, we could post that on the Facebook. There you go. Hey, speaking of Dave. Yeah. Let, let, let's uh, let's give a little shout out to Dave right now. We should give a little shout out because it, he is uh, he's getting married. He's getting married this weekend. So congratulations, Dave. Uh, I saw the picture on Facebook of your uh, 12 uh, tailored suit. Like the inside of his tux yes. like had some uh, custom 12. Uh, I don't know Stitched if it was embroidery it. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty slick, man. Pretty slick. Had so. the Seahawks colors with his tie and his yeah. jacket. So it was good stuff. It's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, 
Um, Heather, there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So congratulations to those guys. Do you think Heather's uh, father's going to like her her um, maids of honor, maid of honor, and and saying, you know, here's here's a hundred bucks, just a thousand bucks, get on the road, yep, head up to Canada? No, I, I don't know. I head don't up know. to Canada, follow the Alouettes. Yeah, I mean, there have been dads who've been known to do that, like mine. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think he, I think he ought to be thinking about that. But really, look, um, Dave might be my honorary better at life this week because if he tricked her into this all the way to this point, like, good work, dude. Good work, Dave. Yeah. But seriously, congratulations, guys. congratulations indeed, and yeah. congratulations to Heather too. Hopefully, you guys have a, a good uh, sea hockey time. Yeah, or just a good time getting married because that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're bringing they're bringing the the sea you know the the twelve spirit sure the Seahawks spirit could be a loud wedding. wedding could be a loud wedding oh that would be cool yeah yeah everybody's sitting there quiet at all weddings like it would be way cooler if everybody just was everybody cheering the whole time noise and cheering and... it's just like golf to me like everybody gets upset like when one person like coughs and like Tiger throws a club seventy five yards yeah. and like because a camera a cameraman took a picture it's like I'd rather go Happy Gilmore style yeah we're like you know get the crowd revved up because then. There's no distractions, just a dull roar behind you. Right. And you know that the I do's are coming. Yeah. You know that point. You can you can see it and you don't have to hear it necessarily. And so you would be cheering. And you could ratchet up the cheering, much like say when Richard Sherman tips the last pass that uh, Kaepernick throws. Yeah. Like it went from a dull roar to even a you know to a an earthquake. Roar, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you know. After one of them says I do, I th- I think they should give the motion to the crowd to like to up the noise. Yeah. Yeah, that's what should happen. Yep, they need like a a, a jumbotron above the uh, the nuptials, you know, and it, like say bring the noise like at certain times, right? Right, like but that. don't pipe in crowd noise because that's, no, that's that's cheating. like bush league. Yeah, Atlanta you Falcons. might as well be Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want that. you don't want to be Atlanta. Okay, glad we cleared that up. I I am too. Boy, the off season. See, this is why we're saying this might end up being two shows in July next year. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, you yeah. asked for so, this. So, uh, well, let's let's say we get to some uh, email that came in. Okay, uh, there was one from from Al Higginbottom over there, yeah. uh, in Australia, and yeah. he he donated to the show, Adam. I I saw that a donation came in. I think I think this is what will help get you your mini fridge. The, that's amazing. I I'm forever in debt to Al then. And uh, and Al, yeah, a dollar per episode, I think, is is oh, how wow. he, he came up with See, that. See, you number. guys are so creative. Like, there's these little things, like that just it just makes my little day. So it does, yeah. But thank you. I need the mini fridge in here, man. This is this is a problem. It, it's kind of far to walk to the actual fridge. Well, because how can while you, the mics are on? Yeah, how can you riff for as long as it would take me to get to the kitchen and back? Exactly. That w- that would be difficult. Whereas before, you just had the fridge just right behind and, you. Yeah, I just reach, you know, give it the reach around, and yeah, yeah, I'd grab a beer. Uh huh. Yeah, I think that, uh, that I guess that's what you could call it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so thank you to email. Al. Thank so you, to Al. Al. Al sent an email to uh, he last year. He went to the Arizona game in Seattle, mm-hmm. and then he went down to San Francisco mm-hmm. to watch the the Seahawks play San Francisco oh. Thanksgiving Day. So he got a good taste of what both stadiums both are kind of like experiences. And so he he broke it down a little bit, uh, talking about he, he says the contrast between how Seattle does things and San Francisco could not be any bigger. He started following That's the best thing I wanted to hear already. Like yeah, uh, really, I could just leave it at that and not right, go on. Right, but. Uh, uh, he says he's he's followed the same team since 2007, mm-hmm. and uh, just by the chance that, that they were the first team that he actually saw live. Right, because he's from across the pond. Right. Yeah. Well, he said that... So, 
starting following the team in 2007, he doesn't have that ingrained sports hate for San Francisco like maybe right. some other uh, Seahawks fans might have. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, really, the this is the in, until Jim Harbaugh got to San Francisco. I would. It was say more that, the Rams than the Niners in a lot of ways, right? The Rams were the when the Seahawks came into the NFC West. It was the Rams mm-hmm. that had been on their Super Bowl run, and, mm-hmm. and so really, it wasn't until Harbaugh showed up that any kind of sports hate between the two fan bases developed and a lot of that carried over from the carol harbaugh yes Yes. their rivalries in the pac-10 yep and uh so i think that was something that that uh but now uh al says that this has been rectified having gone to a game in santa clara and a game in seattle here's a short list of things we do better he said he could go on all day, but here's here's yeah, just here are a the few. big points, the highlights. Yeah, he says the clink is in the city. Santa Clara is about an hour's drive from San Francisco, which creates all sorts of logistical issues we don't have to worry about. Right. He said it was thanks to NorCal Seahawkers. Uh, it was their event on Wednesday night that gave him a chance to actually meet some people that could that he could drive down with, so he could bum a ride. Right. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and and then he said once they got there, they charge people a fee of about fifty dollars to tailgate. So to what? Fifty dollars to tailgate in a designated area that doesn't open until four hours before the game starts. Now, he says, for a 1 p.m. kickoff, this might be that tol- makes sense. It, it, tolerable, because 9 o'clock, that's sure. a pretty good time to start tailgating. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to remember, he went to the Thanksgiving Day game. It was a primetime game. Yeah. There's days where if a Seattle has... If you should be Seattle, tailgating by at least 11. You should be tailgating by 11 for a kickoff of 5.30. Absolutely. And and that's that's about the right amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, but if and have, they don't let them do that. No, four, and, four hours. Plus, I heard from some player, uh, it, I remember reading an article earlier this year that it just was so different because the people were literally tailgating with, like, wine and cheese. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have beer at your tailgate. <laughs> yes. They said they ended up having to rent a cheap motel room just to have a place. What? To have a beer and hang out pregame. That's a tragedy. The earliest a bar opened was 3 p.m., what kind of communist state is this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he said, once the people the- in Montana would not stand for that. No, no. I promise you. No. And yeah. and we do in Missoula, uh, we know how to do tailgating for football games. Heck yeah, man. And halftime. Yes. Although halftime is questionable because I think more people are outside the stadium tailgating. By the time uh, the second half by kickoff. By the time the second half kickoff actually starts. Whatever, man. We're dedicated drinkers here in Montana. <laughs> That's true. It's I true. will say that. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, he said, once the game started, they were loud for about five minutes. And when the game started, I thought for about 10 seconds, wow, this is similar to Seattle. Maybe our crowd isn't that unique. But if I'm being generous, they were loud for most of our first drive. After that, they barely made a sound except on third down when the scoreboard reminded them. Wow. They they need some Rams rules, apparently, to they, teach them how to cheer. That's pathetic. They, well, they, and that's what you've heard a lot of the diehard Niners fans say, is that there's well, a big difference between the crowd that goes to the new stadium in Santa Clara as opposed to Candlestick, where mm-hmm. it was more kind of the working Joe. And now, you know, it's all the Silicon Valley folks and people with money, and they've priced out a lot of the, you know, regular Joe fans. And so you've got a lot of people that are there for the scene, not necessarily because they're they're big-time football fans. He said one in 100 people in San Francisco can be seen wearing 49ers gear, even on game day. 
uh, it's not many more. In Seattle, it's at least one in four or five. Yeah. And they don't seem to care. They just don't seem to care that much about their team in Santa Clara. So, wow. Um, yeah, he just, at the game, he, um, he didn't see too many people. Just uh, He saw a lot more people leaving early and uh, yeah. than in, at CenturyLink for sure now. That yeah. may have been a, a matter of the way Bit that of, game went. But. Yeah, the, the, the 49ers offense, if I remember in that game, could not get anything going. No, no, nothing. That, that, was a, that was a glorious day. I really enjoyed that day. But, hey, look, I, I like that uh, direct comparison in season between the two stadiums. And it just it really does. It lets you know how special the environment is at the clink. Because just, just like Al pointed out, it's not just loud for the first five minutes. It's not just loud on third down. It's loud. It's loud all the time. When the time. offense has the ball, you are loud. Yeah. That's the rule. That's the rule. And uh, so pretty cool. I appreciate that email. That uh, that totally validates everything I've ever thought about the two fan days. He also reminds us that uh, while people might get on board with CFL, the, there's also Australian Football League. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Hawthorne Hawks. Yeah. Hawthorne Hawks are down there. And, uh, yeah. So check that out, too, folks. Check that out. Yeah. Because there was a lot of similarities between that organization and the Seahawks as well. I remember Al kind of telling us about uh, a while back. So, Well, they're championship teams. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, yeah, they're on a roll uh, up to the third the third one, I think. Wow. So, well, good for them. Good yeah. for them. Well, cool. Well, appreciate that, Al. And, again, appreciate the donation. And uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Can I say appreciate it again? I, I think one more time. I appreciate I appreciate that you let me say appreciate again. <laughs> I appreciate that you said appreciate, and yeah. that allowed me to say appreciate one more time as well. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of appreciating things, I think Al would appreciate an update on Jesse Williams. Ah, yes. And, and the progress there. So mm-hmm. we've seen the, the Facebook post that he's back to training. Yeah. And he's wondering if there might be a spot for him on the roster this, this year. Well, he's going to have to compete for it, just like sure. we always know. But you heard Coach Carroll talk about it, and I want to say it was maybe three, four weeks ago. And he's like, you know, Jesse's got a shot. You know, it's going to be a lot of how his body responds and if he's able to get back into the kind of shape to be able to compete in, in that short of time period. But he seemed convinced that if anybody can do it, it's the monster. The monster. Yeah. So I think it'll be really telling if he is, if he's on the field uh, practicing during training camp. Mm-hmm. And then if we get to see him, if he returns to a game, if he makes any of the preseason games, he's got a legit shot. I would think so. Yeah. I, that's something I'll be watching watching for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Rooting if he doesn't, for him. If he doesn't make him. preseason games, you know, maybe there's a, enough of a physical issue that they can stash him yeah, on the Yeah, there's some sort of or, designation like that, exactly. Like injured without intent to return or whatever some of those yeah. things are. Like injured reserve with no intent to return. There's designations. Or, I don't know. And it, it, one thing that seems clear, though, is that the Seahawks are committed to giving him a chance. And when Clearly. they see that he's he's working as hard as he is mm-hmm. to, to make it, that's why he's... I, when was that draft that he was actually drafted? It's been a couple of years ago. now, yeah. and and you know it, whether it's injuries and all these mm-hmm. other things, but he's still on the team, willing to give it a shot, and uh, it just goes to show you what kind of, what they must think about him personally, mm-hmm. and and showing them uh, personally to be able to continue to give him exactly. a shot at making the team. Yeah. Got an email from Kofi in New Jersey. Says, "What's nice. up, guys?" I know it's the off season and there's no Hawks news, huh. but I need the Seahawkers podcast. I really do. I was jonesing for it the week it was gone. And uh, so now he's he's sending in a couple of questions. Okay. He says, what current NFL team do you gentlemen feel? Gentlemen. I got to question your, your choice of wording there. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh, what team do you gentlemen feel the Seahawks would have the hardest time beating? Hmm. 
uh, in the NFL com- totally or on current the road NFL to- team. So out of all the NFL teams currently, and uh, yeah, and so I kind of I kind of think of things in like generally the teams that the night or the uh, Seahawks have struggled with have been teams that are not exactly their same style of football. Like mm-hmm. they, it, it seems like it, it's teams that are generally short passing teams, mm-hmm. you know, with a lot of passing with a, the threat to go downfield though, with the threat to go downfield to the charge back to the chargers game. Right. And they were willing to take a lot of short out of the backfield passes. They have the running backs where they could dump it off and, yeah. And similar to the so backs that can catch backs that can catch. Um, and then also, uh, you know, tight ends that are just physically dominant, sure. like Antonio Gates. Well, and you saw the Chiefs do it too, again, with checkdowns and, and that sort of thing in the short passing game. So I, I'd say people or teams that are very efficient in that regard, but also have, um, more of a power back. Mm-hmm. I think we stop the scat backs pretty easily, like the ones that try to get outside. Right. It's the guys that get a little bit of blocking and a good head of steam are the guys that we seem to struggle or with the most. have a really def- uh, dominant offensive line like right. the Cowboys. De- like and, and DeMarco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I guess when I start thinking about it, and it, it, it's probably not that exciting of an answer, I think of the Green Bay Packers. It's somebody that has a decent defense. They've got Aaron Rodgers who can you know, throw it all over. all over and really manage a game. And Check then Eddie, if he needs to. And Eddie Lacy, who's whose uh, reception ability is is underrated to a degree, sure. and uh, you know you, they do a lot of stuff with Randall Cobb out of the backfield and stuff too in that regard. So I'm going to go with the Packers. The Packers is a good answer, and I it just takes me back to the some of those teams that we lost to last year the mm-hmm. the New England Patriots, the 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 San Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Those mm-hmm. are all teams that they do those things really really well mm-hmm. they're they can west be coast check down west coast exactly and at the same time they with kansas city they have a pretty strong defense mm-hmm. uh just like green bay has a really good secondary which not a lot of teams they seem to have they got that. a pretty good secondary yeah um and and you you've seen that the seahawks can compete against teams that have a really good defensive line right as long as they have kind of a weaker secondary right and um so those are the teams that I, I'm not too worried about. And so for me, yes, it's the Packers and uh, the Chiefs. Like you said, that's a, a team that you might not necessarily pick that would mm-hmm. pose a, a particular matchup problem, I think, for the Seahawks. I don't know that the Chiefs would sneak up on the Hawks like they did last year. I think that was one of those games where you saw them. They had that huge team meeting right after that game. They were still trying to heal after the whole Percy Harvin thing and all that and come together. And then once they did that, then it was gangbusters and they were on a roll. Um, as far as the Patriots this year, you talked about teams having a weaker secondary, then that helps uh, a lot with the way the Seahawks can attack. Well, losing Revis and Browner, I think, is a huge deal. Yeah. For for the Patriots, they're not going to be the same team that they no, were they last year. I, I don't know that I can see them making the Super Bowl again. I mean, I'm, anything's possible. Uh, they have a lot of other good pieces around, but I, I I look for somebody else to come out of the AFC this year. I I think the the Colts have a good shot. I think the Chiefs actually have a good shot if if they get if they make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a playoff team, Adam. I think the Chiefs could be a playoff team. I'm not I'm not going to rain on that, but I they're not a Super Bowl team. They're they're my sleeper AFC Championship team. Really? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Colts and Chiefs Colts in the AFC Chiefs. Championship. Really? Yeah. So you must be planning on Peyton Manning going down at some point. Well, I I just don't think that or Tom uh, Brady going down well, or they, Joe Flacco going down. Once they get to the play, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. 
And that's a long yeah. ways to go for the yeah. You know, well, the Ravens will knock out the Patriots for some reason. Yeah, and that's uh, so because that's just what they do. That's what they do every every other year. Seem, seems yeah, like. exactly, yeah. exactly. Flacco's do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my AFC Championship sleeper pick. And really? Then, and then I'm gonna go at NFC Championship. I'm gonna go uh, Hawks Packers again. Hawks. And see Packers the interesting again. thing about this, the, it's gonna. I'm be gonna the, say Hawks Vikings. Oh. That the Vikings would be a good sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking though is that with Super Bowl Fifty coming along, it's going to be like a media madhouse if the Chiefs and the Packers are in the AFC NFC Championship games, because mm-hmm. then you could have the potential for the the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl Fifty rematch right. to be Super Bowl One, right? And uh, but that won't happen. It'll be Seahawks Colts. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. That had nothing to do with Kofi's question, but he does say, how long will the Seahawks championship window stay open? You know, I think their championship run with this iteration is open as long as Russell Wilson is your quarterback and Earl Thomas is your free safety. Those two guys. Those two guys. I think you can build around, I think you can build around those two guys. I'm not saying, you know, Sherm's not important or Beastmo's not important or anything like that. Of course. Uh, but I think when you look at championship windows and runs, what does it generally revolve around? It, it revolves around one great offensive player and one great defensive player. And we all know Beast Mode's towards the end of his career. Sure. Uh, I mean, he even said it on Conan. He's like, well, you know, I mean, when the money was right, I was like, sure, I'll play. But, you know, if the money's not right, then eh, I don't know if I need to play. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't see him as long term. So it's it's hard to say that, you know, as long as Beast Mode's around, your championship window's open. That's why I choose Russell Wilson over him. And as far as Earl goes, he is the he is the energy, intensity, uh, work ethic, all of it kind of leader on that side of the ball. And he really is the yin to Russell Wilson's yang in that regard. So that's that's my thought process. I I, I would tend to agree with that. It's... And so I'd say a good five to six years. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I think between the two... The guy that you might see exit earlier than the other is Earl, just, just based on the how way physical he, he is in 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 how small he is for being physical. And you know the the comparison that I I think about sometimes is Bob Sanders. I mean, not the biggest guy, but man, the last guy you wanted to meet in a dark alley when he was at the peak of his powers. But Troy Polamalu wasn't a, exactly a big guy. No, either. but he's Samoan. <laughs> they are genetically pop out. They 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 pop out of the womb just ready to throw on a helmet and be awesome. <laughs> Like they really do have a genetic advantage. I don't know. It's just they're they're hardy hardy folks, man. Well, J- Troy Polamalu definitely had a genetic advantage. Oh, because yeah, he was a, he was because of the hair. <laughs> well, so do you think that Earl needs to grow his hair back to maybe towards to be the end of his competitive longer toward the end of his career? Yeah, the length of your hair is the length of your career. That's how that goes. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. That's a true fact. the The Seahawks championship window will stay open as, as long, long as Earl's as hair is Earl's hair. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah uh, and he asks have you read anything about Therald simon's development as mm. a player in this offseason now uh, this offseason i believe that he, simon's been recovering from injury now he's the corner that we saw come in mm-hmm. uh down the stretch in the super bowl with byron maxwell and down the um, stretch of the season right yeah you kid out of lsu big guy big guy uh he got torched in the super bowl a little bit 
Yeah. Young guy. But this was his first year. Last year was his first year really with any kind of playing time. He was injured all the year before. That's true. So you got to look at him as like a rookie put on the biggest stage unexpectedly when Jeremy Lane just injured everything at once. Yes. And yeah, that's a tough position for him to be in. So I haven't heard much about his development yet, but a lot of that is is because they've just been doing drills with uh, you know with shorts on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard even if he is participating in that. And I don't know what his level of participation is coming off the shoulder thing. I think you're really going to hear a lot more about him when you get through training camp and preseason. That's when you're really going to know more about him. But he's an important piece. They are banking on him being a uh, a viable, you know, fourth corner or so. You know, sure. between him and uh, the the kid uh, from Indianapolis that we brought in, uh, oh, Burley. Burley, yeah, yeah. I think once the and Will Blackman. Right. And once the preseason starts and you see you know, guys like Richard Sherman and Kerry Williams sit down relatively early, mm-hmm. I, I bet you're going to see Therald Simon put on a good show in the in the preseason this year against second string talent yeah. after having the type of of working against mm-hmm. first team guys, the, that experience from last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's only going to help him. It's only going to help him. The guy really to watch to me is Ty Powell, uh, the, the kid that they sure. drafted this year. Ty Smith. Ty Smith. Sorry. Uh, I I got him confused with the with that uh, Powell kid from the year before. Isn't Ty Powell like a hundred meter uh, sprinter? Sure, sounds good. <laughs> but uh, Ty Smith, anyways, uh, Ty somebody. But uh, yeah. yeah, anyways, uh, I I like the way it, uh, watching his college highlights. The way he went up against Kevin White, who's a he's a monster and uh, in college with with a team that was lesser around him. So I, I'm going to be really interested to see how the the DBs uh, all shake out towards the end of the preseason. And then he has one last, more of a general sports question. Mm-hmm. It says, can someone be the greatest player of all time in a sport if they never win a championship? Thanks for my enabling my crippling addiction to your podcast. Go Hawks. Uh, I'm sure we are something that is a handicap for you. I understand that. Uh, now, I might... It is a crippling addiction if, if it's been a week and you're struggling. And you're getting the... In July. You're getting the Seahawker shake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't be getting the Seahawker shake. Broke out in sweats. That's why I put out the two interviews yeah. last week, Adam. You yeah. Know, we didn't have a full show. No. But we had those interviews out there. So hopefully that at least... That helps. At least gave you know uh, some sort of Seahawks, uh, Seahawky yeah. type news yeah. to people. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, short answer to his question, no. You cannot be the greatest at your sport without winning a championship. You just can't. It'd be like saying Dan Marino was the greatest quarterback of all time. I I would make the argument that someone could be the greatest position, uh, have the oh, be the yeah. greatest player at their position within a sport without having a won a championship. And the example of that I would bring up is Tony Gonzalez. There you go. That's perfect. You yeah, can, totally agree. You can be the greatest player at the position, mm-hmm. but you can't be the greatest player uh, for an entire sport. Nope, not even close. Because look at the names. I mean, in football, it's Joe Montana. It's mm-hmm. uh, Some people will say Brady. Yeah. I, Johnny Unitas. I, I almost said it, but then I thought, I don't want to say that. Johnny Unitas, Jim Brown. Now, while Jim Brown didn't win Super Bowls, he won championships, championships. With, the, with the Browns. Sure. So, was, yeah. You, you can't win Super Bowls if when there's no Super Bowl to be won. Right, exactly. Yeah. You have to yeah. just win championships. Can't, can't really fault the guy at that point. For not winning a Super Bowl. Right, exactly. Jim I mean, Brown never won a Super Bowl. Some people will make the argument Jerry Rice was the greatest player to ever play the game. Sure. I've heard that, you know, and he's got some chips. He's, he has a few. He's got a few chips. Uh, San Francisco fans will remind you that he has a few. Yeah, and, and good for him. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you have to have a chip. I Yeah, I, I can't think of a, a player in a sport... That was really, really good. That didn't didn't that could be considered the greatest of all time. That for, and not have a championship. I, nope. I can't think of yeah any sport. Nope. So I think that's that thing that you know. That's just, the, that's your answer. Yeah, separates them.
Got one from Josh, the lost Alaskan in mm-hmm. Chugiak, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Says, hey, Adam and Brandon, I always enjoy the show and especially appreciate your efforts to keep us all going during the off-season. I'm about two months late on, an e- on this email. He says, hey, it's the off-season. Hey, no, nope. That, no, yeah, no hate there. You know, I, I think Josh is doing things the right way in the off-season. Mm-hmm. Because he's, I'll pick up a podcast, you know, here and there yeah, when I have a little time. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell by the download numbers, it's not, you know, the biggest priority. So I, I don't Nor feel... should it be. Exactly. Yeah. It's the off-season. I haven't listened to any of them. <laughs> well, you've been here for the, yeah. the actual... You don't for the recording. and listen to it again. You're, no. That's doubling up, Adam. Sometimes I do just to try to improve on my podcast game. I, I Well, I think that's important. Yeah. And I do it too. But, uh, you know, there, there are times where I say... I'm going to skip this week. Exactly. So oh, there's a lot of them. See, there's, I, I can't it, fault anybody else for doing it either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says, so this Adam's uh, the, Adam, this uh, email's a little bit late, uh, but major props to you guys for taking a stand and speaking your minds on the Frank Clark decision. Oh, right on. Being a fan should be like being a parent. You support the team, but it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they do. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with everything you guys said about the Frank Clark drafting, and I appreciate you didn't back away from saying it. The only thing I'd add is this. My head almost exploded when John Schneider tried to weasel his way out of the whole thing by minimizing it. I used to work at a domestic violence shelter, and it drives me nuts when people like Schneider say things like, Hey, I had sisters growing up. There are two sides to every story. We're talking about an allegation that is a grown man assaulting a grown woman. It's not mm-hmm. comparable to the arguments John may have had with his sisters uh, when he was a kid about who gets the last cookie. Right. I'll pass over the obvious hypocrisy of the, the two sides comment uh, when it appears that they didn't even talk to the victim. Uh, he said, I'll, I'd add that this isn't a, a story. It's an allegation of assault. When uh, when someone is alleged to have robbed a bank or shot someone, we never say there are two sides to every <laughs> story. Right. There are facts, witnesses, and sometimes we we never know exactly what happened. But Mm -hmm. comparing an allegation of assault to arguments that you had with your sisters when you were a kid is a bunch of BS. I I don't expect uh, professional athletes to always say the right thing, but an NFL general manager, come on, John, do better. That said, it's over now. I don't wish any ill will on anyone. I hope Frank Clark stays out of trouble in his personal life and turns out to be a good team member and has a good career. And thanks for speaking your minds on the whole thing. Looking forward to next year. Go Hawks. Right on, man. Well, I, I appreciate that you appreciated that. Uh, but uh, Word of the day is appreciation. Exactly. Exactly. So one thing, though, I think um, he was talking about how John was kind of equivocating arguments with his sisters to whatever happened with Frank Clark. And I don't think he that's that what he it, had sisters. And Right. And so what I think what he was really trying to say in the way I took it mm. was... I can understand why women would be offended, and I can. I, and of course, I, um, I, I feel that anytime a man hits a woman, it's heinous because I have sisters, and if it happened to them, then I would be very upset. I think it's more where he was going with that. That's the way I. That's I took the way it. I kind of felt it too. Yeah, but so, but it's still weak sauce by John. One way or the other, we definitely he, he didn't do anything to make us help help us understand nope. the, his position any better than no nope. uh, specifically in that interview. So yeah, but totally agree. I mean, it's it's kind of BS, but we'll see what happens. Again, they they kind of stuck their necks out on the line for this guy. We'll see if Frank Clark uh, is the type of person that learns from mistakes and and, and becomes a better person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think and we all hope that he does. We all do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we got an email from Darren from Dara, Ireland. Hey, guys. Just wanted to send a message to say you guys are doing an outstanding job. 
I love that I can listen to all things Seahawks on the off season I've and maybe a- CFL team names. <laughs> And that too, yeah, well, you know, and it, it, with their football teams over here, you know, he's in Ireland. He maybe uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, they just lumps them together. Maybe he does. Maybe lumps them together just because it's all North American stuff. Probably not. I'm sure he's a smarter fan than that. <laughs> well, I'm sure he knows the difference. Yeah, but it, it's still. Uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. Maybe it's like lumping Irish things in with English things because you're like it's all that whole island area. <laughs> they're they're kind of close to each other. Right. Right. They're... Yeah. One just talks in a slightly funnier accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think is that wrong i probably, yeah, probably. i think maybe you could compare a, scotland with england a little bit they're actually connected yeah that's true yeah but i guess they're not independent from one another no. they are one deal they all technically speak english true fact true fact technically yeah uh, he says, I've been a fan for the Seahawks for a long time now. I've achieved a lifetime goal in which I was at Super Bowl 48 to witness the Hawks steamroll oh, the Broncos. Well played. Yeah, coming over for that, that's a that's a good yeah, play. That's yep. You know that's a strong play because even being stateside and mm-hmm. me going there, you're taking a risk as far as yeah. I could go to this game and, and, it, could suck. and it could suck. We yeah. could lose and then I have to make that plane ride home yep. and after a loss and, and continue the disappointment. Yeah, bigger deal doing it from abroad. If you're doing it from abroad, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's commitment. That is commitment. Uh, I started playing football for a recently created Iris amateur football team. Oh, nice. Donegal Dairy Vipers. And since doing so, I've developed a greater love and understanding for the sport and will continue to grow the game in Ireland. That's awesome. Uh, hey, I-, I wonder what position he's playing. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. us know, dude. Let us know, Darren. Yeah. And uh, and we can, I think, I, I, I think I've liked his, he asked for like for his Facebook page for the, the team, the, the Donegal. Oh, good. Vipers. We got that done. And I think I got that done. Okay, so he cool. says, go Hawks and go Vipers. Because I'm seriously considering um, turning off my Facebook account forever. Forever? Yeah. Oh. I'm almost there. Oh. Yeah. Almost there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to, yeah, you'll have to do all the liking. I will. What you do anyway. You're just going to leave it up to me then. I already do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a few more emails, Adam. I think we're going to ha- have to hold off until next week. We uh, Some of them take some research. I know. Some of them do. So, uh, and with only having two days at home this week between Seattle and Arizona, like traveling, I don't have time to do it quite yet. But we will get to them. We'll get to them. Fernando from Mexico good, City. They're good questions. Uh, Dan and Chester had some good questions. And then, uh, yeah, we still have... Um, Johnny from Portland, Oregon. Let's get to Johnny in Portland's uh, real quick because okay. we did address. Um, he says he's been thinking about this upcoming season a lot this week because mm-hmm. he got tickets for the the Cardinals at Seahawks game mm-hmm. on the night game solid in game. November. Solid game, uh, definitely a solid game coming up, and uh, could be a lot on the line. Uh, yes, and he says it's a long way off, but he's he's going to make the trip up from Portland. Which has now become an almost annual event with him and his brother, mm-hmm. and uh, they're avid Seahawks fans. But uh, their question is whether or not what exactly to do in Seattle on game day, and this goes back to yeah. Al's because he he really took in a lot of our advice. There were, he mentioned in his email, yeah, uh, the, the parts that I didn't read. They went to Beecher's, got mac and cheese, gotta gotta get. And there's a, there's mac a and cheese. there's a there's a logistical reason for that because it is really really filling and sticky and it like sticks to your ribs. Especially, get the breadstick, get the breadstick, get the breadstick, and it'll keep you from having to buy like a fifteen dollar hot dog at the stadium. 
Yeah, and with the Cardinals game being a night game, mm-hmm. that's even more important because Exactly. Then you can Then you can spend that money on beer. Up, you can fill up early. Yeah, you can spend that money on beer when you get there. It does. It it sticks with you. So, mm-hmm. uh that's a good move and uh And yeah, that's just, down by the Pike's Place area. Yeah, well, and he says you can only take so many selfies in front of Pike Place Market sign. Uh but yeah, instead yeah. so is zero. That's yeah. how many selfies you should be taking. You're a grown ass man. It's like using emojis. Yeah. It's like using emojis. Well, I think it's okay to take selfies. It's when you bring in the selfie stick that I think you're... It's not okay to take selfies. The only way that it's acceptable to take a selfie, quote unquote, is you put the camera on a tripod and you do photography for a living and you take a picture of yourself and you call it a self-portrait, which is what it is. Uh-huh. That's what it is. That's the only time. Not everybody has a tripod, Adam. Then buy one. <laughs> Buy one. Set it on the you're, set it on the nightstand. You, after going on a rant about how money is really not that important, you're now recommending people go I, out and buy an additional piece of, of equipment. Fifteen bucks when they have a perfectly good arm. Fifteen that they bucks. Can just hang out. That they can and just, look like a tool bag doing it. Well, it's you look. You look like a fifteen-year-old girl making duck face in the mirror. What's more important, having fifteen bucks in your pocket that you can buy beer or your and, dignity and macaroni with on game? I'm day. going with dignity. You're going with dignity yes. over just holding your arm out to take a picture. Yeah, and looking like a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, there There is another way you can go, too. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. Nothing wrong with 15-year-old girls. It's just that's not the behavior you should have if you're a grown-ass man. There, There's this thing that you can do. It, it does require... Now, this could be difficult for you, Adam, because in okay. a big city, it requires actually talking to somebody else on the street. Oh, okay. You could say, hey, could you take my picture? A whole different ball game. That's a whole different ball game. In what way? You're not taking a picture of yourself because you don't love yourself that much. It's just, it's just, it's so narcissistic the selfie. Uh-huh. There's some people it's a, it's a selfie disorder. Like they say it's a mental disorder for a lot of people. And if you take uh, I read an article on this like psychiatrists agree if you take more than like two selfies a day, like you literally have a mental problem. <laughs> That's a true fact in science look it up. Look it up. All right. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah, but, uh, so zero selfies. Zero selfies, Johnny. Yeah, just no, trying think, to help. I, well, I think he's on board with that. I know he is. Like I, I, we're, we're on the same page here. And uh, he asks, any out-of-towner meetups we need to know about or or maybe a bar you guys like to visit mm. when in town? King, King Street's cool. King Street's cool. King they Street got good fired, like, yeah, fire done pizza. And Mr. Like, and Mrs. Seahawk tend to hang out yeah. there. You know, Tracy, yeah. you know, Seahawk soldier, mm-hmm. she tends to hang out there. Yeah. A lot of... Yeah, and then there's that pizza joint that you always take us to after. That's pizza like kind professionals. of that's kind of out of the main drag in Pioneer Square. Yeah, which is great, but they're still after the game. Like we always go after the game. Sure, and they have the other games up on the screens in there, and there's always other Seahawks fans there. But it's chill. You can usually find a seat. Yeah, the pizza's good. That's um, the, the thing surface about King is good. Bar and oven is that it's going to be a little packed after the game. Yeah, and you can buy it by the slice. Yeah, and they yeah. have some bomb calzones. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I, I like that and place. And you can get beer there. And you can get beer there. So all those important things. Well, then obviously you got to do Hawk Alley, too, before the game. Oh, Hawk Alley before the game, for and sure. And then get in the stadium early so you can get down and see the players warming up and all that. I'm telling you, it's an incredible experience. It lets you right down you know, to the railing, almost right down on the field. It's amazing. And he says, also wanted to shout out to the small but passionate group of Seahawks fans here in Portland. Our city is comically overrun with transplants from around the country, so True. Seahawks fans are a little hard to come by. Mm-hmm. If you're in Portland area, check out the Portland Seahawks fans on Facebook. Oh, cool. Lastly, let's not forget about our off-season mission to get Chris Pratt on the show. Yeah. Tweet oh. at Pratt, Pratt, Pratt with the hashtag yep. Pratt on Hawks Pod. 
and we can make it happen. Yeah. So, Thanks for the pod. So pound sign Pratt on Hawks pod. Because right. it's the pound sign. I don't know who decided that they they were just going to change what something is. It's like looking at a cat and then one day being like, now that's a dog. It doesn't work. Well, no, I, you can't I, just rename it or go say, okay, that's a cat and being like, that's a cantaloupe. Like, just make up some other word for it. Like, you can't do that. You can't just, you just call something different now. It's called a hashtag. It's not. It's, it's a over. pound sign. It's taken over. It's a pound sign, dog. It's <laughs> pounded dog. Uh-huh. I think it's a hashtag because it's it's just Twitter specific to tag things. You, look, you, you can call can, it a pound sign. If you pound you something, you're tagging it. That's what that is. I don't know. I think yeah. now you're mixing definitions. I know, and it works. But yeah, pound sign. Well, if you are on Twitter, yeah, you can follow John at John Atron five thousand. John with an H. Oh, too. nice. That's good. To, that's good. John to, with an H. John Atron yeah. five thousand. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, tweet at Chris Pratt. I've seen Jurassic World twice now, so I believe that. Oh, you have. Okay. I, now that I've contributed, I, I've seen it in three D and I've seen it in IMAX three D. Oh, so uh, it, I've I've gone all out here. Yeah, and you got to think his media duties are starting to wind down for that a little bit. I would think so. Yeah, so let, let's get on that. I really like that dude. So I, I really, it'd be exciting to have mine. And he's a Seahawks fan. It might be the first time we've had uh, somebody on the show that my daughter would get excited about. Ooh, That'd be good for my deal. Your with daughter her. would actually listen to a show based on. No, the she wouldn't listen to it, but she would give me less crap. Okay, and that that would be helpful. Get like a little bit of of podcast cred. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, "Okay, dude from Guardians of the Galaxy." Okay, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, and he's cool. So yeah, you know who we should think about getting Hmm. on with the the Broncos preseason game coming up. Yeah, Brock Osweiler. Yes, went to Kalispell boy. Went to Flathead High, the the high school we graduated. Look up Brock Osweiler's Twitter handle and let him know he needs to come on the Seahawkers podcast and talk football with a couple other Flathead Braves graduates. Right, Uh, Kalispell boys, we gotta stick together, man. Like, let him know. Let him know. A little bit in advance, but uh, we'll start now. Start now for sure. It's never too early. Brock Osweiler. Yeah, let's make that happen. Backing, he'll be backing up Peyton Manning this year. Well, for a few games. (laughs) <laughs> Until he's starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Until, you know, Peyton crumples. He's like 96 years old. He's not going to last the whole season. That's true. Yeah. So we do have those other emails I mentioned to get to. John mm-hmm. Davison, we got to get to his oh, uh, yeah. next time. Andrew from Jeez. San Diego. I know. It's just we're we're running out of time. Yep. But we will get to it all. Yep. And Adam, what do you say we get into some do better and some better at life? All right, man. All right. Uh, I think I'll go first on do better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well... So this is slightly football related, but uh, kind of on the outskirts of being football related. So I think that's appropriate for the off season. Yes, exactly. So this has to do more with our focus as a nation on how we allocate funds, uh, in a way. And it just not. I'm not just saying through government or whatever, but just as a society. Mm-hmm. You know, like what what, 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 what do we put value on, right? You know, sure. and what are we willing to spend our money on? Mm-hmm. And I read this today. Football tickets. Right. And apparently that's, that's what it comes down to. So this is, uh, this is a little, uh, fact that was on, uh, Bleacher Report. And it says, quote, fact, the new Minnesota, Minnesota Viking Stadium costs more, roughly $1 billion, than New Horizons 10 year voyage to Pluto, $720 million. The picture's coming out of that mission, by the way. It is mind-blowing. Amazing. It is mind-blowing. We have never seen the surface of Pluto before, and we're willing to spend more on the Minnesota, not just football in general, but specifically the Minnesota Vikings home stadium than to go and search out the furthest reaches of our solar system and to understand it better? Are you kidding me? What a joke this is. I can't believe 
that like the NASA budget has been slashed so hard over the last 20 years or so. We can't even go to space on our own. We can't put a dude into space as the United States of America on our own. We have to hitch a ride with the Russians now. That is that is ludicrous. That is ludicrous. And then on top of all that, here's another little stat that'll blow your mind. We spend more money as a country air conditioning our embassies around the world than we do on the entire NASA budget. Is that a true fact, Adam? That is a true fact. You can look it up. And that's that's just how in the world... I mean, think of all the things that our lives are better for because of what's happened through the science and engineering that has gone into space exploration. I mean, it's really... The technology and the way that is expand expanded, you can owe to all these engineers. The way that a country can stay ahead of the game and be uh, successful long term is to have the intellectual capital to be able to sell around the world later on in, in down the road. And basically, that's staying ahead of everybody else and making the inventions, making the discoveries. And we do that through science and engineering and all those things. And we're going to spend more money on a football stadium than to figure out what's going on on Pluto? Are you kidding me? That's a joke. So th- for this country and a society, me included, we need to do better. See, I, th- I think you're looking at this from the wrong perspective, Adam. Because I'm looking for, I'm looking at it from Pluto. The the, but the the trip to Pluto was an incredible value mm-hmm. to be able to do that for under a billion dollars. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That that is pretty cool, and that's what I'm saying. That's all it took for us to start to redefine some of our understandings about the the origins of our universe and, and our, all and, the planets around us. Yeah, and all the planets around us. I mean, you talk about when uh, that mission started. Pluto was still a planet. It still is a planet, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay? <laughs> I've watched a funny... There's a funny little clip of uh, Stephen Colbert with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a great astrophysicist, oh, yeah. uh, uh, director of the Hayden Planetarium, and he's one of the guys... That's a great podcast, too. Yeah, Star Talk. Definitely check that out if you're into space stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's really smart. Him and Bill Nye do a lot uh, on that. And uh, So anyways, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's one of the guys that really came out and was like, yeah, no, now it's a dwarf planet, and Stephen Colbert uh, busts his, his nuts over that pretty, pretty good. And and it's great. It's it's solid. It's on YouTube. Check that out. You'll you'll enjoy it. Well, my do better this week is for Richard Sherman. Now it, okay. it might seem a little bit weird coming off the softball game. Mm-hmm. This is this isn't for that. Okay. He a couple weeks back he said, "I really wish football was an Olympic sport." So do I. It, it would be really cool to compete in the Olympic Games. We'd be a tough team to beat. This was his post on Twitter. Sure. And then he says, "I, I know it would never happen, but just a cool thought." But the thing is, Adam, yeah. he says, I really wish football was an Olympic sport. Right. And and if there's one thing that Bugs Bunny has taught me about anything, mm-hmm. is that we have a finite number of wishes, Adam. You, you've seen the Bugs Bunny cartoons where, you know, the genie and the lamp and... And Bugs Bunny. I don't think that's specific to Bugs Bunny. I, but it's you've seen Aladdin, right? I, I understand that there, there's a, you've seen you've seen I Dream a Genie from way back in the day. But my my understanding as a child and knowing how wishes work, I learned it from Bugs Bunny. You learned it from Bugs Bunny. I learned okay. it from Bugs Bunny. All right. So so I wishes say, are like being there. You get three wishes. Well, I, I'm not saying it has to be three, but it's no. That's the a, rule. It's it's a limited amount. It's three wishes generally, and you can't wish for more wishes. <laughs> you can't. I have all see. I've yeah. learned that for sure. You cannot wish for more wishes, right? 
Because yeah. not only is it a jerk move to yeah. the genie, yeah, but uh, I think you, I think it, it violates some the, law of the universe. It's like it's kind of like how you can't watch Back to the Future without kind of wondering uh, a little bit when of, you'll have a hoverboard. Exactly, <laughs> and it's going to be November twenty first of of this year. By right. the way, You're right? Exactly. This year is the date that they went to the future is actually this year is coming it really? up. I, oh, October, October twenty first. I think. I think we need to have a party that day. We need to have a special podcast show that day. A podcast show and a party. And a party. Yeah. A hoverboard party. A hoverboard party, yeah. <laughs> but so, so anyways, so, so why why can't why can't why it be an can't, Olympic sport? Why can't it be an Olympic sport, Adam? Because just last week the American Football World Championships happened. Okay. The semifinal game happened last week. All right. And uh, the Americans played the French. Mm-hmm. And the final score was 82 to nothing. It sounds right. The United States scored a touchdown on 12 of its first 12 drives. Before that sound, running out the clock. That sounds like a, a tribute to the Seahawks. That I, it was a tribute. 12, uh, 12 yeah. touchdowns on 12, uh, 12 drives. attempts. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. No no Seahawks on the clock. I don't see the problem with this at, at all to this point. We, we trounce, the, trounce the French. That's always fun. <laughs> I mean, what, what, you what's the... You don't see a downside to that? I don't see a downside to that. I, did, I guess the problem is it's just... It's so easy. Whereas... Go, go back to the dream team. There was, yes. Now that tell was a, me that was bad on any level for anybody. No, that was amazing. And it, it'd be the same deal. But it hasn't. Our our appreciation for that. It, it, it's never been like that since. It never will be again. I mean, the dream team. That was a phenomenon that will only eleven uh, Hall of Famers are in one team. Yeah. Eleven out of the twelve players. The only one not a Hall of Famer was Christian Leitner, who was the best college player of his day. That it, you'll never see a team like that ever again. No. Not but, even, not but even uh, if we put an Olympic NFL team together. Well, it'll be the closest thing to it. And I mean, imagine people lost their minds over the dream team. Even the the Europeans and everything when they were over in uh, was it Barcelona that year? I think it might have been. Could have been. Yeah, I think that's right. Right, and just the rock star status they had and what it, the, what it meant to people for them to all be together. I. I'd love to see it in the NFL or in uh, the NFL to be included in the Olympics that way. It's every game is going to be like that though. And every they deserve game. it. Every game is going to be an Sorry we're awesome. <laughs> Sorry we're awesome. Be better. The, the, it's not And like, here's the other thing. Since they introduced the dream team has the international competition gotten worse or better? It's gotten better. Markedly better. It's gotten better. So let's let's put the whipping on them now and start to grow the great game abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're pulling me around on this one because yeah, I I, I see all positives here, short of injuries. Sure, yeah, they're they're well. And watching the softball game, I can't. I I bet you that eighty percent of the people watching that softball game just and watching breaths. guys running down the baseline are just kind of holding their breath, like because the last thing you want to do when you go to a celebrity softball game is watch somebody go down. Just and watch Marshawn go down with like a knee injury right. running the bases or right. some nonsense. Something silly. Yeah. You don't want to see that. Nope. Now, probably very little likelihood of ha- it happening. Yeah. How was Floyd? He didn't show. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> unless, unless he was in the dugout, but he didn't get announced. That's and, hilarious. Uh, another guy, Des Bryant. Uh, I didn't hear his name at all. Oh, another shocker. So you picked the two biggest divas, probably. That uh, yeah, was Kobe there this year? No, but um, uh, he wasn't announced to be there. But it was the other. Yeah, Laker, I know. Um, I was just curious. Uh, Swaggy P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that Swaggy P was there. Swaggy P was there. That's fantastic. And uh, Isaiah Thomas was there. Oh, Swaggy P. I, was it him that had one of the? 
or was it Isaiah Thomas? One of the guys had the best line of the game. They, you know, hit like a little dribbler down the line and were running out the ground ball. Yeah. And, and they just got upset that they got called out. Yeah. Uh, going to first base. And, uh, and so they interviewed him right at first base. He's like, Oh man, I know, I know I beat that one out. And then like, well, let's bring up the replay on the yeah. big screen. And they bl- bring up the replay. And sure enough, the ball got there by a step. And he's like, Oh dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd have to say that was probably Isaiah Thomas, a Celtic. Yeah. Uh, the best line has to go to him. And, uh, Definitely not to a Laker. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, had a Celtic and a Laker. Yeah, there, Nick Young does not get the best uh, line of the day. Kevin Durant, he he had a good showing too. Oh, was he there? Yeah, KD was there. Westbrook was supposed to be there. I don't think he was there either. But I would have. I would. If, I I should have gone. To just yeah, see Durant him. was playing center field. Oh, good for him. Was he moving good? Yeah, he he looked all right out there. Okay, all right. he had a couple uh, not so good hits, but. He's 6'10", man. And he dropped a ball that a pop-up to the outfield. Of course he did. He's 6'10". That's hard to coordinate all that. His son was right in his eyes. I'll give him a little bit of credit. Right, there you go. All right. So, so Richard Sherman, are you are you backing off your do-better? Well, I you know, I think I'm going to have to to give it to Team USA now because, it, the, as I mentioned before, the final score was 82 to nothing. Okay. Now, I know the math geeks out there. They're saying, you know, 7 times 12 does not add up to 82. I was told there'd be no math. What's going on with that? Okay. But Team USA went for two two-point conversions right. to start out the game. Good for them. Put their put their foot on their throat. And they failed on both of them, Adam. Oh. They failed their two two-point conversions to start out the game. And uh and so instead of being up 56 to nothing at halftime, it was only 54 to nothing. Mm. So Team USA do better. Do better. Make well, those two-point conversions. They can't all be winners. <laughs> I mean, apparently, France deed up for two for two plays. Yeah, right. Well, that's two plays more than I would have expected. <laughs> so, all right. On, on to better, better at life. life. Okay. Uh, my better at life this week is for Brett Favre, the longtime Hall of Fame uh, yes. quarterback. I mean, he will be a Hall of Brent? Fame quarterback. Brent. We love you, Brent. Uh, yeah. Is what all the... Packers fans said after he left. Yes, right. But he did get a great reception coming back. They inducted him into the Ring of Honor. Great Jared, speech, too. I would say it was a decent speech. It was yeah. a good speech. Mike Holmgren, I thought, had the better speech. Yeah. Oh, some of Holmgren's stuff was great. Like, talking about how... It's like, yeah, so I put Brett in the game. I tell him there's two things you can't do on this play. Like, they had to score. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't get sacked, and you can't run. Those are two things you can't do. Uh-huh. And so he's like, so I see him and he drops back, he's surveying the field, he starts to roll and then he starts to run and everybody's seen the clip of me going, no, 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 yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, that's the one. And he just, and he barely makes it in and uh, Brett comes over the sidelines. He goes, Brett, I gotta know, like, why did you run? I told you there's two things you can't do. You cannot get sacked and you can't run. Why were you running? And he goes, I knew I could make it. <laughs> And he's like, and he made it by like an inch. <laughs> but, but he uh, did make it. But Holmgren had a great speech. But it was just good to see those uh, that, that relationship healed. I mean, that's ridiculous that there was animosity between the Packers and, and Brett Favre. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and I say what you will about Brett Favre one way or the other and his ridiculous retirements and all that stuff. But overall, I enjoyed Brett Favre, the football player. I really did. And uh, it was just cool to see all that come full circle. And Brett seemed humbled. And it uh, seemed to to accept his role post uh, his career, dude. If he if he dyed his hair dark again, though, I'd say he passed for thirty five, <laughs> right? Brett's looking good. He's looking. He. I was. I was impressed. I mean, I was uh, too. Uh, like you said, if the if he didn't have gray hair, you you'd never know. No, you'd never know. So uh, so for all of that, there. 
Brett Favre, you are better at life than Skip Bayless. Yeah, I can go with that. You know, two guys that I think that could come back right now and and probably play throw, a game. Uh, play a game. Kurt Warner, Brett Favre. Yeah, they could both play a game. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think they both would admit that too. Like I could play a game, but it's the multiple. Like there's just yeah, no yeah. way you can't. Maybe every other week. Although, yeah, that'd be hard too. Even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it just gets to a point that that attrition you just can't hold up yeah. to. Yeah. Well. My better at life this week is a quarterback as well. All right. I'm going with Russell Wilson, Adam, because I I have to say that we gave him a little bit of a hard time when we found out that he was going to be doing the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Didn't know that that would be in his wheelhouse. He didn't know that would be in his wheelhouse, and it turns out he is. I think he probably took his uh, separation and the preparation mantra. Yep. And uh, and had a good prep week. Had a good prep for that. Good for him. It was. He pulled it off. He was definitely entertaining for the kids, and I, I know I was very appreciative of my daughter mm-hmm. um, because I, when it was on, just then. Um, well, I always <laughs> have an appreciation for her, but you know, you know, you feel good as a parent when, mm-hmm. uh, like, he was up on the screen, and I said, "You know who that is?" And yeah, my, my oldest is seven years old. Yeah, so it's not like she and she doesn't watch a lot of football. And exactly. Game. Yeah. But I, I said, you know, you know who that is on the screen. And she says, oh, that's Russell Wilson. And I said, you're okay, succeeding that, as a parent. I, but then I, I went deeper, Adam. Oh. I said, do you know uh, who he plays for? And she said, the, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I said, what position? Quarterback. She, she had it down. Man, I, I dropped the mic, man, because you, you're being an awesome parent right now. I, I thought about asking what number he wore. No, just, just stop at a win. I, I did stop at a win. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm, that's, that's good enough. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty well yeah. as a dad. Yeah. If, if she knows those things. Yeah. At seven. You're better at life should be you. <laughs> well, I, by proxy, I think mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. this better life. But I, Russell Wilson, his performance there. And then, like I mentioned before, doing the, the passing academy stuff and, and hearing from, uh, the military Seahawkers that went and, and volunteered mm-hmm. at the Russell Wilson Passing Academy. They're, great blog by, uh, by Sam Smith, uh, who listens oh, yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Um, it, he, he lined out how his experience went at the Russell Wilson very Passing cool. Academy. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Um, and, uh, Jay Heiler too, who, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, uh, he volunteered that that as well, and just you hear great things about how he is with the kids and and how you know what great what a great experience it is for them mm-hmm. and and how he interacts with mm-hmm. the group there. Yeah, I think he Russell Wilson deserves more credit this week than I do. Okay. Uh, for for you know teaching my daughter well because he, he's your quarterback he's, man. He's my quarterback man, and he's better at life than Skip Bayless. I agree. I agree. Well, good deal, man. Well, I'm glad we got through another July podcast. Thanks Episode for sticking with us. 79, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting up there. We are getting up there. Yeah. We're going to have, we're gonna have to start thinking about what we're going to do for a hundo. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to have to be something awesome. 80 feels like a strong number. Maybe for 80, we put up a, a Steve a Largent, Largent poster here in, yeah. the, in the studio. Yeah. That's what we That's do. when we unfurl a, a permanent Steve Largent. There we go. Although, it'll be just for me, because apparently I'll be the only one podcasting in this studio once you move. Well... That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put up a Steve Largent poster in in my house. That'll as well. be copacetic. We'll have we'll have matching Largent posters in our our mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. our yeah our studios. Our studios. Yeah, we'll okay. be connected that way. Very good. Very good. Well, good deal. Well, I think with that, there's really only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>